Uh, I just want to clear up a couple of things from an episode of this show, Shane's Brilliant Podcast, that I did a couple of weeks ago. I spoke about self-esteem and my journey, my, uh, my mental health journey hashtag. But one of the things that came up for some reason, I can't really remember why, you know, I ramble on at length and different things come out of my mouth. But one of the things that came up was uh, my views on the position, the sexual position, number 69, the 69th sexual position. That's where I guess it's named from. It's the 69th position in the Kama Sutra. That's what I think. That's what. Well, that's logically where it gets its name from. It doesn't get it from anywhere else. Where? Why else would it be called sixty nine? And I spoke about how I find it to be a ridiculous premise for a position. Ridiculous that you could find yourself in that in the throes of passion. You have to stop everything, hop off the bed, walk around, hop on the other side, upside down. You know, you're all disorientated. Your feet are up by the by the um, the headboard and your head is over by the bathroom. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where you are, you know. And I had a number of people get on to me, say, Shane, listen, great mental health episode, you know, but um, sorry, I didn't really listen to it because I couldn't because I was so distracted by the, your uh, your ignorance, your <coughs> your uh your, you know, your your casting aside of the one person said, "I couldn't concentrate because you said you couldn't do the sixty nine Now, I just want to say something here that I never said that I couldn't do the sixty nine. Of course, I can do the sixty nine. I never said I couldn't do it. You know, I can do it. What I'm saying is, I can do. 69 like I can do like I can play I can play chess I know all the moves I know all the rules I just rarely if ever get a checkmate so that's all just something I wanted to clear up here on Shane's Brilliant Podcast and now we can uh, carry on with the show Hello and welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast. I'm your host Shane Clifford. This is the number one podcast in Ireland. Welcome aboard. If you're a new listener, how are you? What what took you so long? You know, what took you so long to get on the, the Shane train? That's what I want to know. <laughs> We've already left and uh, you had to drive here halfway th- to the destination and hop aboard. You know, you could have just got on board back at the, the beginning, but no. Uh, you you had to dilly daddle. You had to. You said you had your shoes on, but you were still looking for your underpants. But anyway, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show. It is the tenth, uh, you know, the twenty something of the tenth, twenty twenty, and 
we're alive, we're doing well. You know, how was your week since I spoke to you last Thursday? Uh, it's, I mean, how many more times can I say it's strange times? You know, it is. We got the news in Ireland that we're locked down for six weeks. I didn't expect six weeks. I thought it was going to be three. Um, but, you know, they want to get us home for Christmas. And uh, that seems to be the most important thing. I'm not a lover of Christmas. Not a lover at all. I I really have a, a kind of a dislike towards Christmas, but I go through the motions, I buy presents, I put on a smile on Christmas Day. You know, so it doesn't really bother me too much if it's going to be kind of cancelled basically this year. Uh, but, you know, my mother has been freaking off for the last two months because of Christmas. We have to get, you have to get you home. You're not going to be home for Christmas. I'm like, it's, you know, it's August like, can we not just see if we get to Halloween? Uh, you know, and now she's like, I, I'm trying to have to stop her from <laughs> organizing some crazy, like, Argo, like, scheme to get me home <laughs> if the whole country is in lockdown. Digging tunnels from Dublin down to Kerry and, uh, you know, flying in on decoy helicopters, trying to s- smuggle me out of the country, out of the county. And I'm just like, look, it's fine. I don't really mind, you know. <laughs> I don't mind being up here with Kira and my cat, Georgie, and uh, eating turkey sandwiches made from, got from Tesco, you know. And <laughs> uh, Christmas, why age does Christmas start getting a bit crap, a bit shit? I think it's... So, like, when you're a child, you think you're you're a moron. You think Santa and all that stuff is real and true. And think, like, I mean, you think a guy is flying around. That That's how stupid you are when you're a child. You think there's a guy, a big fat guy, magically flying around with reindeer for some reason. One with a big bright red nose dropping presents into your house once a year. That's, isn't that the most ridiculous thing you could ever believe? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So, yeah, so Christmas when you're a child is brilliant, obviously. Then when you get to, like, how old do you... Uh, I remember there was a guy that I used to know in sixth class who thought that Santa was still real. And when you're 11 or something in sixth class, 11 or 12, and he was like, yeah, Santa's, <laughs> Santa's real. Yeah. And we were laughing at him, you know? You have to ask the parents there, like, are you going to pretend that you're to your child... Are you going to let your child go into sixth class or secondary school still believing in your in Santa Claus? Is that not a form of, you know, child abuse? To let your child go into the world still believing in magic men. Nice magic men. Um, but what was I talking about? Uh, oh yeah, then you get to like 19, 20. Mm, it's still good, but it you're going out drinking with your friends, so that's kind of the most important part of it. Getting absolutely, absolutely hammered on New Year, on Christmas Eve. I remember me and Kira, one of the first nights that we, when we were first kind of going out, we met, we met, we met each other on Christmas Eve. We must have had 10 shots each in a pub on Christmas Eve. And then even now, imagining myself drinking two shots and I'm like, Jesus, no, that is, you know, hell to me having to drink two shots of like, you know, when I was a young guy and 
somebody, if I was at a work party or something and I'd say, come on, shots. I was always that prick. You know what I mean? I was always, shots. Everyone was having a nice time, sitting around, having a few pints, having a laugh, telling stories, telling jokes. And then I come over, fucking 22 years old, hot shot. If you can imagine me being a hot shot, coming over, hey guys, you want to get shots? And you can see the people who are a bit older, you know, like 29, <laughs> 30, at the work party and plus you can see the the look of of oh no no <laughs> not this in their eyes you know you can see them go please no not now it's only half 10 because <laughs> you know you're going ah it'll be a great laugh i'm 22 ah, i'm 18 ah, it'll be fun we'll get absolutely wrecked and blah and but they have to consider that they're not going to be they're going to be out of action for the next three days. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they try and go no no no. But then you've got all these young idiots going go oh, and they go for a you know I used to look at them with 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 disgust. I used to be you never see like an old movie or something where the the son is looking at his dad and the son is like a teenager and the dad is like a businessman. And the dad won't let him do something. And he's like, I'll never turn into you, man. I never let myself turn into a Mickey Finn's drinker. I used to look at Mickey Finn, you know, apple sours and all those kind of drinks. I used to look at people who were older than me that used to get them. Uh, When I was drinking Sambuca, I used to look at them with just disgust. Mickey Finn drinkers. I'd say that would never happen to me, man. Mickey Finn's. Are you serious? I'd look at them with disgust. I would grab a fella by the lapel and pull him close to my face and say, Mickey Finns, are you serious, man? Mickey Finns. I asked you to get a shot. And I, like, I'd take it, uh, I used to take it like uh, pr- personally if somebody didn't drink a drink that was over 35% alcohol. You are drinking a Mickey Finns with me <laughs> on the day of my daughter's wedding. Like i the Godfather or something, you know, like this is an affront to me, like a slight to me, like somebody slapped my my uh, my son-in-law or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm the Don. You get a drink fucking, you drink a fucking tequila now. Um, I, so in a way, I was a bully. <laughs> I, bullied, I bullied old people in their 30s into ruining their lives. And but it was fun, wasn't it? So um Yeah, so me and Kira drink one Christmas and then you'd meet your friends and it used to be a great time, but then when you get when you're an adult and you, Christmas is shit. I mean it's complete shit. When you're over the age of twenty four, it's shit. So unless maybe you have kids, I can't relate that I don't have children, so I don't know. I, I presume that kind of gets magical again, lying to your children. Lying to them psychologically, setting them up for a world where a magic man flies around and gives them whatever they want and then not really teaching them about the harsh realities of life. That's why when I have a child, I tell them, oh, yeah, you know what? Santa is going to come. All right. Santa's going to come. Yes. You have to go to bed early. Santa's on the way. He's going to bring all your gifts. Okay. Then they're going to go into bed aged seven and I'm going to dress up as Santa Claus himself, Mr. Claus, I'm going to go out of the house, climb up the ladder with a crowbar, smash in the windows, climb in the windows, and they'll be screaming. I'll say, I'm I'm Santa and I'm here. 
and I'll steal their PlayStation. That's what I'll do. That'll teach them about life. That'll teach them about what life is really like. (laughs) Santa doesn't come. Santa doesn't come to bring you stuff. Santa comes to take it away. Um, And that's what I'm going to do to my firstborn. Uh, As an experiment, a little social experiment. And I bet you, I guarantee you, that he will grow up to be a much, much more well-adjusted human being. Knowing the truth from a young age than, you know, as someone who believes in Santa Claus. And come back to me in 20, 30 years and I'll let you know how it's getting on. If he is, you know, a really um, happy, go-lucky guy or if he is in some sort of um, care. But yeah, you know, I'm not a fan of Christmas really. So it doesn't really bother me that too much if it's cancelled. I know family, me seeing all the family and all that, it's nice. But the whole, you can do that any time of the year, really. But the whole Christmas thing where, you know, you have to pretend to be happy all the time just because it's this two week period in December, you know. <laughs> oh, Shane, oh, it's great to see you back. Great to see you back here. Truly. Oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving being back here, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm having a great time. Um, so yeah, so, you know, but hopefully this lockdown will kind of sort that out and, um, you know, everyone will be able to do what they want at Christmas. Um, you know, I, John, I got to do, man, I got to start getting, I started, got to start taking care of myself, started having mild panic today over the state of me, over what I'm putting into my body food wise you know it's all chocolates and like today like I'm I, I was doing good there for a while I was off the hobnobs I was off the biscuits I was off the, the chocolates I was off the, the gat I was off the you know illegal substances I was off everything and I was doing okay but I'm after slipping again I'm slipping not on any of the drink or any of that I'm talking the chocolate bars I'm onto, back onto three bars a day I'm having secret bars. I'm going to the shop to get Kira, you know, a box of cigarettes and a two litre bottle of milk. And I'm having a bar without telling her. You know, (laughs) I'm a secret twirl eater. Like there was one day there during the week, I took a bite out of it, out of a, a, a morrow, opened a morrow, walking down the street, took a bite out of it. Well, they're not called morrows anymore. What are they called? Boosts. Took a bite. They're always morrows to me. Took a bite out of it, and I looked at the chocolate bar, and I went like this. I whispered, "Fucking yes, fucking yes." That's what I said. Imagine a man saying that to a chocolate bar. Fucking yes. You know what I mean? I put the chocolate bar on the bed, hopped off the bed, (laughs) I walked around the other side, and I fucking ate the other side of it. If you know what I mean. Um. So I got to cut back on the on the on the chocolate again, man. And I, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to get like stomach cancer or something because I've I do not put any fresh vegetables into my body at all. I'm I'm just eating pizzas, chicken burgers, you know, chips. I'm a big chip fan. Um, so I'm starting to panic. I'm not getting any exercise. I'm 35. You know, death death doors on my the nape of my neck he's standing there you know he's kind of saying hey man <laughs> you know death is actually coming and he's 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 
he's giving the thumbs up every time he sees me eat. He just stands there out the window giving me the thumbs up and pointing at his watch. Um, so I got to keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, so, but the thing is, I'm so chronically lazy, you know, cooking. Ve- and then when you do it, you're always like, Jesus, you all surprise yourself when you cook proper food. You know, if you make like a stir fry, vegetable stir fry or something, you make it and, you know, you sit down and you go, Jesus, that was easy. That was simple. And it took six minutes. You know what I mean? I should do this every day. And it was like, I saved 20 quid from Deliveroo and much healthier and much better. And then the ne- come back next week and I'm just ordering a 12 inch pizza with garlic dough balls and a fucking two liter bottle of Coke. So, you know, I think it's all about discipline and discipline is something that I don't have, um, you know, but, and I had to watch my appearance too, because I think all those, that bad food f- really kind of messes up what you look, it gives you wrinkles and eye sores and like, I'm not grooming myself. And I looked at my eyebrows today and I'm like, Jesus, mother of mercy. They look like, they look like, um, they look like. I don't know what they, they look like. They look like nothing that it's ever been seen. Their eyebrows, you know, the guy from Schitt's Creek and, um, what's his name? Eugene Le- Levy. Like if he had my eyebrows, he would get them done. You know, he'd get them done. <laughs> he would get them done down to his eyebrows. My eyebrows are not, they're heavy. I, I've often said this before, they're heavy. Some, you know, when you get a haircut, sometimes your head feels a bit lighter. That happens to me with my eyebrows, but if I pluck them and kind of trim them, sometimes I'm like, oh, gee, I feel like two kilom- two kilograms lighter here. <laughs> um, and my beard and everything, I'm like, oh my God, I have to start. I look like Saddam Hussein, you know, when they found him inside in the, that hole. That's what I look like. I look like, <laughs> I look like Saddam Hussein when they found him in the hole. I want to look like Saddam Hussein before the whole. I want to look like him before the US invaded Iraq. I want to look like Saddam Hussein with the green army uniform on, the the beret, the big cigar, dancing around with some lads, shooting a Kalashnikov into the air. That's what I want to look like. That's the Saddam Hussein I want to look like at the moment. Do you know the way Saddam Hussein had clones of lookalikes? You know what I mean? That's what he had. Apparently, he had guys that looked like him. So just in case he got assassinated, they'd kill one of his clones. If they brought me as a clone, if they made me as a clone and brought me to Sam Hussein, he'd get me sent back to the factory. You go, I don't look like that. <laughs> he goes, what are you trying to say, Lance? What are you trying to say that I have to start spruce myself up a bit? Because I don't look like that. Like that. Send him back. Get him done. He's not finished. I'm an unfinished clone of Saddam Hussein at the moment. Ah, I'm Saddam Hussein. Um, so yeah, I've got all these, you know, things to worry about. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of what I've been doing the last week, just thinking about Christmas and thinking about getting myself in shape, um, going on a macrobiotic diet or something crazy like that. And I have, well, mostly what I've been working on the last weekend has been a song, music. I wrote a song and I recorded it into a four track well not a four track a piece of software that i use for this podcast and uh, you know with different tracks and um i spent six hours on monday night 
working on a six hours just lost in lost in music you know like that song lost in music give it a shot i won't survive i'm lost in it was like that it's the one thing that i can get into that i just get completely lost in and i lose that in video editing i lose all concept of time and space and i'm just in there in the zone but unfortunately <laughs> i'm in the zone but unfortunately at the end of the six hours i look i'm complete it's complete shit you know what i mean <laughs> some do you know, like when they show um a montage in an 80s movie of some guy who has to get ready for a, a fight or whatever like rocky and they show him and he's got running and he's jumping over fences and he's punching meat and he's you know learning how to fucking do the the hucklebuck and all this kind of jazz right if they were showing me doing music they show me doing all that but still at the end of it being just completely unfit <laughs> be like if they did all that and then at the next scene rocky was just still fucked it was still like that didn't work <laughs> sorry lads the montage didn't work it didn't work uh, that's what it's like when I'm making the music because I'm in the zone. It's like I'm working. If you, the untrained eye would look like I knew what I was doing. I'm there with the dials. I'm working on the equalization. I'm putting in a beat and I'm putting in a drum loop and all this crazy stuff. And I look like I'm um, uh, Quincy Jones or who's more modern than Quincy Jones for the youth that are listening to this podcast. Um, Pharrell. He's he's the only more modern producer I can think of. I'm not one of those guys. Mark Ronson, there's another one. But in reality, it's terrible. Because I've been writing a few songs over the lockdown. Um, Not really song. Well, I'll play you one second. Let me get this. But back when I was kind of imbibing in um, illegal plants, I would uh, sit there for hours on my guitar and I just play tunes. And I'm going to play this. <laughs> I was listening back over them uh, a couple of nights ago. There's this one that's just kind of like, I'll uh, play it for you. It's kind of, I don't know what it is. One second, let me get my phone. All right, so I'm going to play this off my phone into the mic. So hopefully you can hear it. Um, here we go. 11th of July at 1.28 a.m. It was recorded. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. Who the hell do I think I am? Christy Moore? Am I Christy Moore? No? Is that what I'm doing in my life? Writing Christy Moore songs? Trying to write Christy Moore songs? Is that what I've become? Shane, I heard you doing... <laughs> I heard you, uh, you were doing comedy. You stopped doing it, did you? What's going on there? Yeah, yeah, I'm writing songs. Listen to this. Day, 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 day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've been sending them into Christy Moore. I've <laughs> been sending them to his agent, but I haven't got any reply yet. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing kind of with my life. 
my spare time, man, is being doing making playing my guitar and writing terrible <laughs> fucking songs and making I'm making I'm gonna make an album. I'm gonna make a whole ten track album full of two minute tracks. I was inspired by um but no like this is the thing, no one's gonna hear them, only me. Another week of, or another week? What am I talking about? Another thing that obviously happened this week that I would be remiss to ignore was as a Kerry man, a man from Kerry is the disappearance of fungi fungi the dolphin the disappearance the fungi has disappeared uh, presumed dead now i have to explain what fungi is to casual listeners or foreigners the fungi was this is a dolphin was a dolphin who showed up in dingle dingle is a town not far from Tradea, a coastal town and he showed up in 1983 he showed up a dolphin showed up in Dingle in the harbour in the bay and he he wouldn't fuck off he just fucking stayed there he stayed in the bay (laughs) hanging around doing tricks jumping up out of the water and people were like it was a novelty I mean you know the only dolphins that we had seen in those days was Flipper on television. Um, you know, we dolphin. I thought dolphins were Americans. When our, you know, that's all I I ever thought dolphins were when I was young. Uh, you know, because you never saw any Irish dolphins. But the, but we had fungi. He was he was Irish. We had we had our own Irish dolphin. You see, it was special. Uh, and he stayed there. He stayed there until from 1983 until 2020. He's been missing now for five days, which is or six days or whatever or more. It's the longest that he's ever been gone. Uh, and fungi is, was something that was just there when I was growing up. Fungi, the dolphin, was just there. And I'll tell you one thing: I live in Tralee, and I don't know how far away Dingle is. It's like an hour and a half drive. And fungi was always there, <laughs> and I never once went to fucking see him. Never once. I never see or saw fungi the dolphin. But, you know, he was a great thing for, uh, I mean, why would I go see a dolphin? What have I got in common with a dolphin? You know, what are we going to talk about? You know, I like fish. Yeah, so do I. All right. That's about it. I know they're supposed to be intelligent and everything, but try to have a conversation with one. You know, they're idiots. They just keep flipping around, looking for more sardines. Um, So I never went there, but. It seemed he Fungi had a good thing going with the with the people of Dingle. So they were like, "Look, we'll give you, we will give you lots of fish. We'll keep you safe. You play with you, right, for the rest of your life. If you just do jump up out of the water and do backflips for Americans, and then they'll come into town and flood us with with dolphin money. That's what happened." Fungi was part of a sort of a grift, <laughs> a dingle grift to uh, to um, connive money out of large American pockets. Um, but he stayed around, man, for 40 years. And think about how crazy that is. How It's like a little miracle for a dolphin to just show up one day and just stay in the harbour of a town. One thing in the whole fungi... Uh, 
you know, the news recently that I haven't enjoyed is people from big city life, big city Dublin, uh, looking at the fungi scenario and not quite understanding it and being snide and sneering down their Dublin you know, Protestant noses and their nostrils of flaring with the burning of brimstone by Martin Luther. The, the, you know, they don't even believe in the Holy Mary or whatever. I don't know. But what I'm saying is Dublin people are Protestants and they, <laughs> and they are looking at fungi and they'd be going, well, fungi was just four different dolphins. There's no way one dolphin stayed there that long. Dolphins don't hang around. That's what they say. The big conspiracy is that dung, dungi, fungi has been about six different dolphins and that we were lying. The people of Kerry, the people of Dingle were lying to, to uh, trick people into coming and like how, think about it realistically. All right, this is actually a pe- what people have been saying. But I thought fungi was just different dolphins anyway. Are you think about it logically, right? What are the chances of knowing more than one dolphin? What are the chances of people of Dingle knowing where to get another dolphin? Not only getting another dolphin, knowing to get another f- four or five dolphins. How could a whole town? How could the town of Dingle figure that out? Tell me that. You know, I know all dolphins look the same. But Fungi was 40 years old. He had wrinkles and stuff. He had scars and things like that. You know, he did. Uh, So they're looking down. They're kind of laughing at the people of Kerry being upset. People of Dingle being upset that, uh, you know, a dolphin. Like I saw someone saying, oh, big news. Dolphin goes missing at sea. And I looked up where he was from. Guess where he was from? Dublin. You know, just because they don't have a dolphin up here. What do they have? Foxes. Rats. <laughs> and they can't, they can't get it through their head how they're like, oh, the conniving carry man. The conniving people from, from down south, the Healy Rays. Look at them there, they're cute whores with their dolphin, with their, in quotes, dolphin. If Fungi in 1983 came to Dublin Harbour, started sw- swimming around there. Do you think he'd be fucking made feel like this is his home? Do you think they'd take him into these heart Dublin people? You know, Fungi be if Fungi came to Dublin in nineteen eighty three. He would have been in a can of tuna far, f- faster than you can say, fucking. You know, I don't know something fast. You know what I mean? So that hasn't that's left a bad taste in my mouth from some of my Dublin friends and colleagues. Being cynical, looking down on, on, on our dolphin. Um, but it was listen. F- we presume fungi has has ceased, has passed to the next realm. He's gone over the. He's gone to the other side, and you know, uh, we can all laugh and have fun about the dolphin. But um, if you know, he he chose to stay with a town for forty years. Um, and not many dolphins do that, you know. You have to wonder what was Fungi up to. What what was what was going on in his life that he couldn't be around other dolphins? That he just said, "Nah, I'm out of there. I'm out of that. This does not do anything for me." 
You know, what was going on? Did he go through a divorce? Did he get kicked out for, you know, I don't know, malicious? Listen, we don't want to. We don't want to start blaming Fungi the dolphin for. We don't want to start getting into you know false accusations here. So I'll move on. Just uh, want to let Fungi know that wherever he is, we miss you, man. And don't you know if you're in dolphin heaven, uh, you know I hope there's a special place with a. You know I hope there's a special place up there, and uh, you're probably one of the best dolphins that I I know. Um, so last week I had a a discussion with myself <laughs> as this podcast, that's what this podcast is, me talking t- with myself. Um, and I spoke about, what are they called, pay pigs. Mm, uh, I don't know how they came up, but uh, pay pigs, if you're just listening now and you didn't listen to last week, are fellas, usually fellas, I presume is 99.9% guys. If you go onto Instagram or Twitter, uh, maybe some other social media sites, I'm not sure. Sometimes you might see girls put in uh, like PayPal in their in their bios. And what that's usually about is that they're looking for pay pigs or if any pay pigs happen upon their account that they'll put money into their account. Pay pigs are fellas who just give girls girls money. And I wondered, what's the kick? I couldn't, it's just one of those things that I, it's a kink or whatever, obviously. They like giving girls money. There must be, there's a sexual sort of aspect to it. And it's just something that I personally, you know, just don't know anything about. I've never done it. I'm, you know, I'm tight with money. (laughs) I'm not giving giving away money for, for, you know, for, that's just not what I'm doing. I'm not giving you money. Okay. So, um, I said, I put out a... Uh, query that or uh, an appeal to pay pigs if anyone out there is, of my listeners is a pay pig can they get in touch with me please and just kind of give us like I know from girls they're just kind of like yeah you know what do I care these guys just give me money I don't you know it's no big deal you know they want to give me money why, why would I not take it which is true if there are guys that want to give you money why not just take the money it's you know it's business it's all business if there's a market there you can make money from it so so we know that but i was wondering what's in it for the the guy what do they feel and a pay pig get, uh, got in touch with me obviously now this is from his point of view so i'm going to read out what it says you know this isn't me this is him and maybe he doesn't speak out or, or the way he feels isn't how if there's other pay pigs out there you mightn't feel that way now i don't want to get this into a whole you know, the pay pig podcast. You're going to listen. <laughs> he goes on about pay pigs every week. You know, I really like Shane's podcast until he said he did a 12 episode expose on pay pigs. pay pigs. I am writing a song about pay pigs. I race my life writing songs about pay pigs. Why do they give money to those girls? Go those girls. All right. So anyway, I got this email. Okay. And I will say I find it pretty dark. So maybe you don't want to listen to it. It's not dark. Like it's not um, graphic or anything. I just found it a bit grim. Um, I hope the guy who sent it doesn't mind me saying that. 
Um, I hope you can see how from the outside perspective that it might seem grim, a little grim. But I, I'm grateful for it and thanks for sending it in because it does fill me kind of in with a little, you know, uh, fills in some blanks into, you know, why it's, I'm interested in psychology kind of thing. So, all right, here it goes. Hi, Shane. I heard your latest podcast where you wondered about the motivations of pay pigs. Before I tell my story, I want to say that I would be very happy and encouraged for you to retell my story and explain the phenomenon. But keep, please keep my name away for obvious reasons. Um, of, yeah, okay, I'm not going to call out your, <laughs> your name. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't give someone my name just, if, you know, because they might seem like, Deliveroo history. You know what I mean? I wouldn't get some of my Deliveroo name. Imagine my boss saw that. <laughs> imagine imagine your, your, my mother saw my Deliveroo. You know, my doctor. Imagine my doctor saw my Deliveroo. Our life insurance. I couldn't get life insurance if they saw how many chicken burgers a week I ate. So I understand. All right. Anyway, so here he goes. Um, okay. So the draw for me of being a pay pig comes from feeling like a low being and wanting to feel that way, a low animal like. All right. So he, he feels, it seems here from that sentence that the guy has a lack of self-confidence, like a profound lack of self-confidence. That's how he feels. So I get a thrill out of giving these vacuous, middlingly attractive dumb girls in brackets as I perceive it. Okay, that's important because they, you know, I think a lot of the thing too is that you, they, they don't know the girls. It's an online transaction. So you're looking at a picture of, you know, some girl and in a lot of times what fellas will do is they'll fill in the blanks in their own head of the what they want that girl to be like. You know what I mean? So they'll look at a picture of one and then in her head, all right, she's all, she she will fulfill my fantasy. So he wants them to be dumb girls. So another guy might think, oh yeah, I want her. She might be, you know, feel attractive side of my brain. Are they? And she might she looks intelligent or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so anyway, I get a thrill out of giving these girls a significant amount of cash, in the off chance that they'll mention me on social media negatively. I'll never include a note asking them to mention me because all that means is I've paid them to mention me. There's no thrill in that. It has to be organic hate. Dying for it. Just waiting and refreshing. So, this fella, he sees a girl looking for pigs. Because some girls will say, I need a pay pig because I want to buy a new pair of pants or whatever. He will say, all right, he'll check the hashtag, he'll go, okay, she feels, she's, you know, she looks stupid, or whatever his thing is, and he'll put a, he doesn't say how much, but he says significant amount of cash, um, so I'm, I'm presuming, you know, a hundred plus euro, that's just what I presume, could be wrong, maybe a lot more, maybe a bit less, significant amount of cash into their PayPal, and what he's hoping for is that they'll go, some fucking idiot just put a hundred quid into my PayPal. That they'll tweet that. And he gets off on that. So I presume that 
a lot of them don't do that. Don't say, oh, this fucking idiot. Because he says, I don't, I never include a note asking them to mention me because that means I've just paid them. There's no thrill in that. It has to be organic hate. Like they have to really, he wants to be hated by these girls. My fantasy is one of them will say something like, this stupid cunt gave me money. I'll stand on this rust boy's throat while the fucking Dublin football team do me from behind. The fucking stupid cunt. His mother doesn't know anything. The salad dodger. I'll kill her rust boy son. Cunt. No, that's what he said. <laughs> that's fair. All right, sorry for the language there. You know, this is a, uh, this is a children or a family show. So I should apologize for the language that I used there. But that's, this is what he said. This, that's his fantasy. That this one will just release full vitriol upon him. Un, um, unprovoked, aside from the money. I suppose it's all about, he goes on, I suppose it's all about achieving legitimized subjugation. We're paying for the off chance of actual hatred. It's some amount of money to be fair, but the hope and the thrill is the name of the game. All the best. Now, thanks for that. That's it really kind of gives me a glimpse into, you know, something that I didn't know about before. And I must say, like I say, I find that to be sort of grim. That it almost seems, it looks like an addiction to me. It looks like gambling. It's like a gambling addiction, sort of. That's what it looks like to me from your email. That, you know, gambling guy is obviously going to throw a little money and the off chance that his horse wins. Or the off chance his numbers come up. Or the off chance that, you know, some guy scores a goal at a certain point in a match. But you're gambling, you're throwing money on the off chance, the very, probably very high or high odds of a girl going, uh, this stupid fucking cunt, this ugly bastard gave me money. Um, which probably I don't know it's does that is it it's weird because then you must deep down inside sort of have deep hatred for yourself and you want that to be sort of reinforced by these these girls that you don't even find attractive it just shows how 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 complex the human especially the men let's face it <laughs> I mean, there are freaky women out there, but especially the men, you know, how complex sexual sexuality is. Because, um, you know, and obviously this must be a fairly recent phenomenon of giving these girls money. Because obviously there was no... I mean, what did they do before? Just woke up to some girl, <laughs> put the money in their letterbox or something, you know, before the internet. What happened then is, so it must be a new thing. Um, or if there's any, maybe we'd like to hear from the girl's side. You know, what did it, what do you get anything from it aside from the money? Maybe not. I mean, you know, did, did you know that that's what some of these guys want? They want you to to look down on them with true hate and they get off on that um, like I can understand people have kinks sort of like 
you like being, I don't know, whatever, tied up. Or my kink is, um, you know, uh, my eyes open. <laughs> I open my eyes for 30 seconds while it's happening. That's my, <laughs> that's my kink, you know. Um, so I kind of understand you more now because I understand that you have sort of, it's more, it seems like an addiction that you need to fill a hole within you by giving these girls money so that they'll hate you. Um, you, and a must, you don't say in the in the email, but I would imagine that after the, after you've, let's say, what's the word I'm looking for, finished the whole thing. Let's say if a girl does go, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah you know, this guy's a creep or whatever, and then you get off on that. Afterwards, you must feel intense shame. I would imagine. Because we've all had those moments, fellas, haven't we? <laughs> you know, when you're up at four o'clock in the morning and you're going, you're just finished and you're sitting there and you're thinking, what am I doing? You know, I have to get up for work. So I can imagine giving people, giving girls money like that in order to, for them to hate you, must fill you with a lot of shame. And I wonder, is it something, and I don't want to kink shame or say any shit kinky, kinky thing is wrong. Could be just like getting off in it, I don't know. But I wonder, would some form of therapy of some kind, sexual therapy maybe, I don't know. Listen, I, like I say before, I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm just saying this is complete layman's terms. Maybe something like that might help. I don't know if you if you find it a problem. That is, you might be just like I'm happy doing it, which is fine. Nobody gets hurt really. You, some a girl gets money, and you get off. But if it is filling you with intense shame and you hate yourself because of it, then I would say go to therapy about it. Um, I had another email about <laughs> you know how to write material. And it seems after that pay that pay pig thing that it's kind of hard to get out into that headspace again. <laughs> Talking about a guy wanking over giving a hundred euro to people so that they'll hate him. Then segueing into, yeah, I write material, but I just look at a dog. <laughs> I look at a funny dog and I think about what they'd look like with a hat on, you know. So maybe I'll call that one for next week. Plus, we've hit the hour mark, roughly. I will say one thing before I go. Do you know what happened last week, right? I was reading about podcasts and how to promote them and stuff. And I was reading about uh, if you get a transcript of your podcast and you put it in the show notes and then through Google SEO, you know what SEO is? Search engine optimization. I'm sure a lot of you know what that is. So if I do a podcast and I talk about fungi, let's say, okay, then if somebody Googles Ireland fungi podcast there's a good chance mine will come up if I have a transcript attached to my show notes that'll come up in the search you know what I mean so uh, and then they'll click on it and they might like the podcast or whatever you know so I tried that I said it was a fiver some fella from Korea does it or something you know he comes back to you in an hour and he transcribes it word for word and uh I was looking at it and you know what I did? I control F. You know when you control F? 
and you can search for a word in a page just for the crack I said I'll control F the word fuck now the episode last week was 50 minutes 51 minutes or something like that I control left fuck guess how many times in the transcript in the 52 minutes the word fuck was said guess just have a I'll, I'll, leave, I'll count to four seconds there and I'll leave you think about it for four seconds and then have a guess what did you think 118 118 fucks in 51 minutes appalling <laughs> appalling appalling behavior altogether I'm meant to be a broadcaster I checked it I did, I did the maths 2.19 fucks per minute who am I Joe Pesci is this casino huh does Gabe I'm trying to be professional the Gabe Byrne one of the all time great Irish presenters did he go around going fuck this and fuck that and fucking roll it there fucking Roisin no Larry Gogan <laughs> Larry Gogan was uh, now it's time for the just a fucking minute quiz do you think or Johnny Carson or whoever I mean come on oh, I was shocked I know I say the F word quite a bit I know I know I do but from now on I'm going to try I mean, I have to cut it down. I think this week, aside from telling you about it now, I've cut it down a good bit to maybe 10 fucks in the whole thing. Aside from this last segment here where I'm talking to you. Um, a hundred, I was shocked and appalled. Is that the way I speak when I'm not on the... when I'm, That's just the way I speak? Two fucks per minute. And there must have been some minutes where I didn't say fuck at all. Where I just said... La, 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 no fuck and then there must have been other minutes where I had six or seven fucks in there to make up the average so that's something that I'm going to work on and I apologise to any listeners who were <laughs> who offended by my my language and by my uh, swearing and I'm working on it and God help me I'll get through there and uh, next week or next at some point there'll be not one fuck in the whole thing there still will be a couple of cunts. Anyway, that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can get in touch, email if you want to you know, add to the conversation that we're having here. Shane's brilliant email at gmail.com. Maybe you like to make your own music. Maybe you want to talk about, I don't know, something that you saw in a supermarket. Maybe you have a, there is a dolphin in Dublin. Maybe you think that fungi is a fake fucker. Uh, get in touch maybe you say Shane I like the fox get in touch uh, you can follow me at all the usual places at Brilliant Shane on Twitter Instagram if you want to support the show uh, Shane's brilliant email at G- what, what am I doing that's my email if you want to support the show patreon.com forward slash Shane's brilliant email at gmail ah! Jesus we're back to this again I used I I if you want to support the show, Shane's Brilliant. If you want to support the show, patreon.com, Shane's Brilliant Podcast. Okay? 
forward slash Shane's Brilliant Podcast. And it's like a fiver a month or something. And I do like an extra podcast a week. It might be a music show. It might be something else. I did a documentary on half of John Lennon's life. I'm going to do the other half next weekend or the weekend after. If you like things like that, you can just support the podcast by that way. And I would be ever so grateful. You can leave a nice review on Apple or you can fucking you know, just tell your friend to listen. Um, so that's the end of the show. Thanks a million for listening. And I will please God talk to you next week. Stay safe. Stay inside. You know, let's just let's beat this thing. I saw Mr. Tato. Mr. Tato said we can get through this thing. <laughs> you know, and I had lost all hope. I have to say I'd lost all hope in in the world until Mr. Tato himself said we can get through this together on Twitter. And I thought, you know, if Mr. Tato is optimistic about the thing, this whole world, then why shouldn't I be optimistic? about the world I mean Mr. Tato is somebody that I've grown up with all my life he's been like a father figure to me you know I've had family issues but Mr. Tato was always there at my side he was always there when I needed him most with his stupid fucking hat and his big yellow face so listen if Mr. Tato says so we can do this for the next six weeks and I'll be here talking to you talking in complete and utter bullshit to you for the entire time so uh, you're right, I'm signing off now um, happy Halloween and may God have mercy on us all God bless you all uh, cheers nice one thanks and hobnob <laughs>